Thriving in Singleness, Episode 12. This is the Thriving in Singleness podcast, where it's not about surviving, but thriving in this chapter of your life. Here's your host, Tom DeLong. Hello and welcome to another episode of Thriving in Singleness. Today we have Jesse Melema with us today. Jesse, how you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing well, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great. Just another great day in the books. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Been loving the podcast. You're welcome. I, I'm glad you're enjoying it, and I appreciate you being a dedicated listener to it. Definitely very encouraging. <laughs> of course, and, every uh, download, listen to every second. Get oh, man, that's the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesse, can you tell our listeners how we met? Um, ooh, so that's an interesting story. There's when we actually met, and then the first time I think I saw you, because I can't remember if we actually talked the first time I saw you. Um, and I'm not sure if you remember this, actually. Because I was dating somebody and they knew you. And one night she said, hey, do you want to come to this guy's farm just to hang out? And uh, I'm like, all right, sure, sure. I'm, I'm down for an adventure. And so we get to your farm and there's probably a group of like six of us. And one of the first things that we do is we go into one of the, uh, the milking barns. And you start playing Sandstorm, and we start doing a rave in with the cows and the milkers. Who did you? You did not tell them that this was happening. And then after that, you got on top of one of the silos and started doing your uh, your fire wire. Remember that? <laughs> Where you take the steel wool? Yeah, I remember that. And twirl it around you, and uh, we got we got a whole bunch of sparks and uh, red hot metal rained down upon us. But uh, that was the oh, first time. Yeah, that was that's the first memory I have of you. But then, um, probably a year later, you started doing Young Life at Slanko. and so Josh Foran saw me one morning. He was walking around school. I can't remember why I was there so early, but he was like, "Hey, do you want to come to a thing called Campaigners? It's a Bible study, and there'll be pancakes." And I was a new Christian at that point, and I was like, "Well, okay, sure, cool, let's do this." And so that's when I actually met you and you and Sarah, um, right away became like two of my best friends. And, um, I still remember all the, the times in campaigners making waffles and pancakes and studying. And that, that was a great time for me. And then young life and our whole friendship beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been, it's been good. Such a mm-hmm. cherished friendship, honestly, man, I really appreciate <laughs> you you doing this life journey with me and and man it's it's crazy that life has taken you literally on the other side of the world where where are you right now so right now i am in alice springs northern territory australia it is almost the geographical center of australia and so um i get some some funny looks when people ask what i do and uh one i can't say what i do and but two i'm in the navy and then people are just real confused as to why I'm in the, the middle of the desert. Basically, it'd be like Kansas of America. Yeah. Just like <laughs> ocean, nowhere near us. 
we we have to go hundreds of miles to go to the nearest body of water. So yeah, I've been stationed here for the past two and a half years. I got about seven-ish more months, and then I'll be getting out of the Navy and probably coming right back here to work. But yeah, where I work gotcha. is like and- uh, Area 51 of Australia. Oh, that's so cool. You've never told me that before. Yeah. Uh, it's um, like if you if you look it up, like there's a whole bunch of controversy of uh, the American government working on Australian soil. And now people think that we have aliens in there and stuff like that. For the raid Area 51, there is a second Facebook group of um, after party at Pine Gap, which is where I work. So. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, and yeah. and I love it like because you, the Navy took you to middle of absolutely nowhere in Australia, mm-hmm. an area that I don't know what Neanderthals decided to settle there, <laughs> but you you did a total Jesse move. You married an Aussie, mm-hmm. and it's so <laughs> fantastic. Like I love the fact that you went down there and ended up meeting someone in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and you're, you're married and, and everything's been going fantastic uh, with you there. And uh, tell us a little bit about, about your wife. Um, so her name's Rachel. Um, we met when uh, she worked at the, the local church or one of the local churches. I was, I was doing a lot of like helping volunteering for them. And one day, uh, I had to come in and they had, I think, just done their women's conference. And so they needed help like moving part of the extendable stage. And so I got in there and, uh, she was doing the admin stuff. And one of the pastors told her to, to walk out and just kind of show me where to put stuff. And, um, she, she came out, we started talking and then we never stopped talking. She, um, that's great. She invited me, she invited me to uh, lead youth group because she was a youth group leader, and um, yeah, we we joke about how like <clears throat> she kind of brainwashed me because she also <laughs> used to do the intro to the podcast, like how you have a, a somebody else doing the intro. She used to do the okay. intro for the church, and mm. so since I knew I was coming out here. Like a year in advance, I I looked into the church and started listening to the podcast, and so I'd, I'd been listening to her voice um, almost a year before I actually met her. Oh, fancy! But yeah, so okay. And now she has her own podcast, Live with Rachel, and yeah, we've uh, been married for what is it? A year and four months, I think it is. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Happily married, and, and that's awesome. And I, I love just seeing you guys together. And mm-hmm. when I say like the total Jesse thing, like going down there and marrying an Aussie, like it makes you sound like this big player, this ladies man. And that's totally <laughs> not who you are because uh, I remember when you were in high school and even after high school, as we continued our friendship, uh, as it, as it transitioned from uh, mentorship primarily to becoming a friend friendship, you had always felt so content with being single and I admired that and I was mm. a little bit of a little bit jealous of that because it was the mentality <laughs> I wish that I had when I was younger of just that that relaxed attitude towards meeting someone and just saying hey like I'm I'm doing this single thing and it's all right and mm-hmm. just being able to carry on and enjoy life as <laughs> as you were and um 
Like, do you feel that you were pretty content in your singleness as far as it through that time? Or was it just maybe something you put off there? Um, I definitely wouldn't say that I was content with being single in high school. I mean, I had had a few girlfriends in high school and in a, in a way, I don't want to sound mean, but I definitely regretted it. Um, I definitely advocate for, uh, being single in high school. I don't, I don't think much good can come of it. I know like there are high school sweethearts and that works out, but I feel like you don't actually become who you are going to be for the majority of your life until you hit around like, uh, like 24 or so. Okay. But after high school, when I joined the military, I was definitely content with being single. I, I felt like God had put a lot on my heart to focus on. And I mean, the first Corinthians 13, Paul definitely says a lot about that to where like, if you're married, you have to focus on your, your spouse and the Lord. Whereas if you're, you're single, you can just focus on the Lord. And that's it, definitely true. Like as soon as I got married, I was starting dating, dating Rachel. Like I had to kind of step back a little bit with volunteering because I definitely need to spend more time with, with Rachel and taking care of her and doing all that stuff. But yeah, I would say high school, I wasn't content. I didn't have that maturity. And then after that, I, I definitely became more content. I, I stepped back and <clears throat> I, I mean, just like, just like you say, when you finally gave it up to God, that's when you found Larissa for me, it was uh, when I finally gave that up, I was able to work more to allow God to work through me to build the kingdom more okay. kind of thing. So um, if that answers your question, I've completely forgot what the what the question was. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. However, when you were when you were in the Navy, you also had the privilege of becoming a young life leader yourself. Is that oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I finally started to understand how, how you felt. Cause I remember that, and you've talked about it on your podcast. I remember you coming in smelling like the, the cows because you had come mm-hmm. straight from straight from work or for your lunch break, you'd come to us. Um, and I finally yeah. started to understand that. Like when, when I became a young life leader, it was, it was no, nothing like Flanco. Mine was more of like an inner city kind of thing where um, I was dealing with a lot of the hood kids and that was, that was so much fun. I loved them and I, I still love a lot of them, but <clears throat> it was, it was a lot of work. It took a lot of my time where my social life kind of took the backseat and to where I was, I was doing a lot with the church and then I would go do things with young life and how we have all those awesome stories. Like I have stories with my kids to where me and a, a co-worker or a co-young life leader, we were going to go hiking one time and he invited one of his guys. And then one of our young life girls, little brother was just the right age to become a young life kid. And he'd never been. And uh, she really wanted him to come. So she heard about our, our hiking trip and was like, Hey, do you mind if Jimmy comes? I'm like, all right, cool. We don't know him, but, as long as his parents are cool with it, yeah, we'll take him hiking. And it was like a three-hour drive for a nine-hour hike and three-hour drive. Oh, man. Yeah. And so the day before, unfortunately, 
the the kid that we knew had some some family issues. It was a death in the family. I can't remember who it was, but my my co leader was a lot closer to him. So he they both decided to not go hiking so that he could kind of like help him along and stuff. And so I was left with this kid who I, I knew nothing about, didn't know him, only knew his sister. And so I texted him and I was like, hey, these two backed out. Do you still want to go? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And so <laughs> I go at 4 a.m. to pick up this kid who I've never met, don't know anything about, know his name's Jimmy, and that's it. And we do a three-hour drive to do a nine-hour hike and then a three-hour drive back all by ourselves. And you know what? We became best friends after that. He was, he was my young life kid. And then through him, I, I met another another kid his age who we, then all three of us were going hiking every now and then. And uh, so, yeah, Young Life, Young Life has, has definitely been amazing for me and how I've been able to uh, kind of share Christ with people. But, yeah. That's awesome. And that's that's so great to, to hear about how you really just, you know, bent over backwards to to be with these kids and be a part of their lives. I mean, that's so impactful being able to take them for this nine hour hike. So I know I asked this question of Mitch, but I got to ask you since you were one of my core young life guys. I mean, what is the craziest memory that we have had together? Um, craziest memory. Hmm. I'm not sure if I can pick out just one memory. Uh, We've had so many together. I think one of my favorite memories was I think the winter trip with Young Life where we tried to do the uh, ski boarding. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Where, yeah, yeah you, you it's an turned up-and-coming the, sport. <laughs> uh, it'll catch on. Streets ahead. It will. Um, yeah, where you turn the, the feet anchors, braces. The bindings. We had all the bindings, bindings yeah. facing forward on two snowboards. And yeah. so we tried going down the hill tandem. <laughs> that was so much fun. We um, <laughs> we had to do the uh, the pizza, French fry, French fry pizza. If you uh, yeah. French fry when you're supposed to pizza, you're going to have a bad time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's been one of my favorites. And then I think really um, it's not even the, the, the crazy ones that I remember the most. It's the the amount of time that you took out of your life to mentor me, like all, all the nights that we did Catan and um, even while you were working, you would invite me and Mike to play Monopoly while you had to just mm-hmm. sit there and watch the hay um, yeah. or whatever, whatever that was, the straw. The, the silo um, unloader, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just the, everything that I've, I've, I've taken from you and, and learned from you. You asked about Young Life and uh, when, I, when I was a Young Life leader, I tried to take all the good things that I learned from you and all the good things that I learned from Sarah and, and make them into one leader. And I, I mean, I feel like I did a pretty good job. I was crazy enough like you and yeah. organized and I'm reserved sure like her. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. But it, we, we have so many memories together that it's, mm-hmm. it's not the crazy ones that just stick out in my mind. It's, it's everything else. Do you have a crazy memory? A crazy memory? Uh, dude, we had, yeah, we, we did have a lot of them. I mean, I enjoyed when we were filming the uh, Why Can't We Be Friends for Club, and Mike was dressed as the Joker, I was dressed as Batman, <laughs> and then we were pretending like we were suddenly friends, and yeah. then we, we got that Nerf dart 
stuck on the oh, yeah, target, target sign at the store. And it was there for literally about eight or nine months, I think. Man. And that was fun. I mean, we... I remember texting you, and this this was really funny because I I texted you. I was like, "Hey, I need you and three other ballers." <laughs> and your question was not what for. The question was what time. And so what we did we 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 got helmets on. We went to the biggest hill in the local area, and we got a toboggan, and we all just <laughs> went down and went for it. And it was an insanely crazy ride going down there. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was definitely a lot of fun. And and I, I'm really curious, and I, I want to ask not to not to like pat my own ego or anything, but <laughs> I really want the listeners to be aware of like how beneficial it is to be an impact on somebody's life and take on that role of, of leadership, that mentorship. There might be some people who are, are single and they're wondering how they can impact God's kingdom and use that singleness that they have for his glory. And with how I was able to use my season and and singleness to lead young life as a young life student, how do you think that impacted you in the long term? Um, I think that the, the hands-on mentorship is the best way to, to teach and to disciple. Um, I mean, it's, it's what Christ did with, with his disciples. He, um, came down to earth and he actually walked with people. He talked with people. Um, and so when, when trying to show people Christ, I think that's the best way to do it is is to actually be hands-on, to be with them, to, to talk to them, to teach them. And when you're single, I think that it's just so much easier. Because, I mean, when, when you're single, you don't have to ask somebody if uh, a kid can come over at 10 o'clock at night if they're having a hard time. Your house yeah. is, is always open, or can be always open to somebody. And that's, that's, how, that's how you were with me. All I had to do was text you real fast and... I could be over at your place to play a game of Catan or to watch uh, Dr. Horrible sing a long blog. And so <laughs> I'm not, I'm not dogging on uh, relationships or marriage because uh, obviously yeah. there are benefits to that. I have a partner to help disciple people. Um, I have somebody to show the younger generation what a, a healthy Christ focused relationship looks like. But when you're single, it's all that easier to cancel plans or to make plans with somebody to, to strive to helping them more because you don't have to focus on someone else with my wife. I have to, I have to focus on her. I have to help her. Her needs are greater than mine um, in our marriage. So that's, that's just how I do things. I have to put her in front of everyone else. So when you're single, you don't have that. So, I mean, that's, that again goes back to 1 Corinthians, I think 13, where Paul is talking about yeah. that. It's, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely right on that. And, <laughs> and even, even with that idea of mentorship, you know, I, I put a lot of emphasis on young life because that was very impactful in my life, but it doesn't even need to look structured, quite honestly, because being able to reach out and be someone that someone younger can look up to and learn from 
you can you can do that on all, all kinds of levels, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And where where do you think you were as far as uh, you know getting into marriage? How how do you feel God had changed your heart leading into that? How do you think God had had worked in your life as far as trusting in Him, and you were very enthusiastic about singleness. You were very content from everything that I saw. How do you feel God had had used that in teaching you to be married? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say enthusiastic about being single. I don't think... Uh, okay. It, Maybe it's a poor way to word it. And I think yeah, I might have asked like three rare. questions in one right there, but yeah. <laughs> it's very rare <laughs> to find somebody who's absolutely... 100% happy and is almost refusing to be in a relationship. Um, and I don't, yeah. I don't think that's, that's healthy unless you absolutely feel that you are called to be single. I don't think it's healthy to reject that. I think you guys talked about that on uh, one of your earlier podcasts about um, if, if it's good to reject a relationship to, um, yeah, to be cynical say, towards I'm going to be single no matter what. Married, yeah. 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 And I, I think that's, you're, you're, you're playing with fire there with your will versus God's will to where like yeah. if a relationship comes along, then it comes along. But yeah, I, I was definitely content with singleness. And I learned so much about myself from that when, and I, I didn't meet Rachel until I was 24, 25. And so uh, what I was saying earlier with you don't really know yourself especially if you're content with being single, you really learn how to um, focus on yourself, not in a bad way, but in a way of, hey, I know, I now know how to take care of myself. I can now take care of somebody else. Because if you go into looking for a relationship with the mindset of, I want somebody who's going to fulfill me or who's going to fix this part of me, um, you're looking to be a burden on somebody else. Um, yeah. When you learn how to take care of yourself, when you learn how to rely on God to fill to fulfill you, uh, when you learn how to rely on God to make you happy, you are then able to help somebody else do that and to be in a, a healthier relationship for that. So, in my singleness, that's what I learned. I learned how to be content by myself. I learned how to be alone, but also be happy. Not to say that I was rejecting a relationship in any way. Um, I was always open to the idea, but I wasn't actively searching for it, if you know what I mean. I was, I was content Absolutely. with yeah, spending most of my time volunteering. I, my, my love language is service. So the more I get to do for somebody, the happier I am. And so to focus that energy on helping out the church or with Young Life or youth group or stuff like that, like I, I was loving life. And so now I get to do all that for my wife and I love life. That's great. So that, that's, that's what I think of with singleness. Yeah. Singleness is a time to focus on yourself, not to be selfish, but to learn how to uh, rely on God to make yourself happy. Okay. Yeah, and, right. trust, 
<laughs> yeah, and 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 trusting him completely, and and not seeking fulfillment in in other things, because of mm-hmm. course, seeking fulfillment. And we talk about that in Young Life a lot. Is seeking fulfillment elsewhere is not going to find it for you. You're not going to fit that square in a round hole. I mean, it doesn't work that way. And no matter no matter how hard you try. So, yeah. Isn't, what do you think? Go ahead. Wasn't it Mitch that uh, brought up the whole, I can't remember if he brought up the scenario, but when he was talking about it, it reminded me of the uh, Young Life Camp where they bring up the flashlight and they stick different things in the flashlight. Um, none of it works until you get the battery. And it's like uh, when you get a flashlight, like you put in, they put in like Advil or something. And it was like when you try and fill that hole with drugs, the flashlight doesn't turn on. It doesn't work. When you put it with condoms for sex, flashlight doesn't turn on it doesn't work but when you put it in like god and then they put the battery in and the flashlight turns on that's how you fill yourself kind of thing yeah yeah absolutely and i mean you could use that example in any in everything like your shoes (laughs) and your you know with your wallet i mean you know you're not finding your your purpose until you're being used for what god intended you for Mm -hmm. and and that's that's definitely a very huge thing and so uh, what what do you think was what was it that God used your singleness for the most? Do you feel? Um, I mean, I would I would say helping and being there for other people. When I was single, I would basically just get off of work and then go be with people. Okay. And I had the the opportunity to be the the shoulder that people cried on or the, the distraction from a poor home life. I was there to disciple people, um, to, to share the gospel with people because I mean, I was, I was single and my, my focus was on the Lord for the most part. So what would you recommend towards someone who is single and maybe, maybe they're struggling with singleness or maybe they're, they're content with it but maybe they're not using that singleness for for furthering God's kingdom. And what's what's your piece of advice to get out there to anybody who's single right now? Oof, that's a big one. Um, and I really got to stop asking three <laughs> questions at once. I think I just kind of bounce all around the place. But that's all right. I'm trying to know, keep up. Um, yeah. What do you think, man? I don't know if I have one specific thing to say to everybody who's single, I would think that the, the best advice and the most broad advice would be to be patient. When you are so caught up in looking for a relationship or so actively searching for it, it is a good opportunity to overlook God and to overlook the purpose that he might have for your singleness. Yeah. When, when you're single and your main focus, I've known many people who they are so caught up in searching for a relationship, they don't know why. And I mean, in, in my opinion, the, the purpose of having a relationship is to further God's kingdom. It is to encourage somebody to be closer to Christ and it's to find somebody who will encourage you to be closer to Christ. Um, 
And so when you, and I, I think a good, good way to find a relationship is to just do what you like to do. Because if you do what you like to do, there's a good chance that you'll fall, you'll find somebody who also likes to do those things. So for climbing, like if you just go climbing all the time, you might meet somebody who likes to climb. And so for a Christian, if you help out in the church, if you're discipling in whatever way that looks like with young life or anything like that, there's a good chance that you'll, you'll find somebody who is also doing those things, who is also, who also wants to do those things. And so it's a great way to, um, build a relationship off of something that helps build the kingdom. Like again, one of your earlier podcasts, you were talking about um, the going on mission trips or finding someone who likes to do mission trips. It's a, it's a great way to build a base for a relationship it, because it's helping build the kingdom of God. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. now when you met Rachel, were you actively looking um, uh, again, I was content with singleness, mm-hmm. but I, I wasn't closed off the idea because with me and, and Rachel, it was a very natural thing to where we met through church. We became friends. She invited me to be a youth leader. And so it, it started off of the, those building blocks to where we were both in the same church. We were both helping out in the same youth group. We had a lot of the same goals and motivations, and so it's just been a, a great partnership in our marriage. And so, what was the turning point when you know you were you were content with your singleness? But what was the turning point? You said, you know what, I want to, I want to get to know her more. I want to start a relationship <laughs> with her. Uh, where where did that come in? Because I'm sure a lot of the listeners they. Maybe they're at a point like, okay, you know what? I need to uh, step back and be more content and find ways to use my singleness for God's glory. But of course, in in their hearts, they still want to get married. And and that's okay. That's a desire that Mm -hmm. God puts in us. And they they might be like, well, well, how do I know when it's the right time to pursue somebody Mm -hmm. and, and be open to that idea? (laughs) <laughs> I'm not sure if I got an answer for that one. I mean, okay. um, for us, it was, it seemed like it was only natural to further along our relationship. I mean, again, we were, we were partners. We became, we naturally became partners with um, helping out in the church and youth group and all those things and building the kingdom. We, yeah, we helped each other. And so it just naturally became like we were talking every day and it it was pretty fast. I eventually said like, Hey, look, I like you. I want to be more purposeful with, um, intentional with what we're doing. Like I, I would like to pursue you. Yeah. And then like, I, I just straight up said that and caught her by surprise. I'm pretty sure, but it, it worked out. We, kept talking and Rachel is a very organized person. So right away she had all these questions for me. And through that, we learned a lot about each other and we had a lot of the uh, same commonalities. If that's a word, <laughs> but I, that that's how we knew it just, it grew. We didn't have to force anything. It just naturally grew by itself and it's flourished into a great marriage. 
But, yeah. And, and I can relate. It's just this uncontrollable force. It, it just <laughs> happens so quick. Like, you know, I, I can certainly relate to that. And uh, now, is there anything that has been on your heart you feel like you've wanted to share that we haven't had a chance to yet? I would say to all the listeners out there who are single and are struggling, I know it's hard, but I would just say to be patient. Just put it on God. Prayer helps so much. And the, the long, it's one of the, the longer you wait, the better it is kind of thing. To where yeah. just don't jump into anything. Again, I didn't meet Rachel until I was 24, 25. And I'm glad because I didn't really know myself until around that time. I am who I am now that I was then. But if you, if you feel like you're tired of waiting, just look back two years ago and see if anything makes you cringe about yourself. And that just kind of shows like if you cringe, it means that you have growth and that yeah. you're still growing. So I know it can, it can be a struggle, but if you, if you just be patient, that it, patience helps everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, do you have a, a favorite verse or a verse that's been on your heart lately that you'd like to share with us? <laughs> um, yeah. You didn't see I that would, coming. You listen to every episode. Yeah, well, so <laughs> uh, Out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, I would um, say Romans 5, 3 to 5. And that's not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So when when you're going through a suffering or a struggle— it's okay. It only good things are going to come from it if you learn from it. So that's been one of my favorites for a while. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. And is there any way that I mean the listeners can be praying for you? Um. Yeah. I'm getting out of the navy here soon, and uh, it's going to be a whole lot of change of finding a new place to live and trying to figure out what we're going to do with our dogs. I got to leave the country for a little while to get a different visa and then come back here and work in. It's just a lot of unknown coming up at the, uh, the end of the year, especially with COVID. Like, I don't know if there's going to be quarantine or how hard it's going to be getting back into Australia. But I mean, if the listeners can just keep me in their prayers for that, that'd be great. That's, that's our biggest thing at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll certainly be praying for you, man. And uh, for everybody out there, uh, I really, and Jesse, I really appreciate you joining me for this episode. It's been a blast catching up with you. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Man. uh, Miss you, dude. uh, Dude, I miss you too. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't wait to see see you when you make it back here. And hopefully hopefully that can work out amongst everything that you got going on. So yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So uh, for all my listeners out there, if you feel like you've been gaining a lot from these episodes, uh, tell your friends, tell someone that you feel might gain some value from what, we, what we've been talking about in these episodes and do us an awesome favor. Give us a cool rating on the different platforms that you're using. Every bit of help is appreciated, but mostly I just hope you guys get out there and seize the day, maximize every chapter in your life. We're going to see you next episode. 
Thanks for listening to the Thriving in Singleness podcast. Look for new episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.